More and more people are moving to cities, and that's going to affect almost every industry. We are very cautious and very aware to make a conscious effort to work with the ecosystem. What can the average person do to take action now? Not one person can change the world, but if we all do a little something different, it might help. Being open to embracing innovation. Know that you can make a difference. A absolutely. There's no excuse not to even do a little bit. Let's go check it out. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Going Green. Very excited to talk to our guest today. He is joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. He's the CEO and founder of Clean Energy Advisors, James Marlowe. James, thanks for being here today. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be here. So let's kind of dive right into it. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you started Clean Energy Advisors. Well, I'm, I'm a longtime innovator and technology person. Um, I began my career in the software business. I worked at Lotus Development and IBM. I spent a good bit of time at Yahoo. And um, I ran for United States Congress, and I didn't win. I came very close. Um, I missed by 198 votes. And after that, I started Radiant Solar, which is a solar development and engineering procurement construction. President or CEO of Radiance. And now I'm doing some consulting in the clean energy sector. Wow, that's a really cool background. So you kind of went from tech to politics to startup solar. What, what kind of made you want to go from that transition of, you know, huge companies in the tech space to politics? Well, I grew up around politics. My father was a small town mayor and um, I've always been involved in politics and I've remained in, in energy policy and energy politics. So uh, politics is something that um, I've always been involved in and see the, the opportunity to help people. So I think politics is very important. Did you draw um, from your experience at Yahoo and these other big companies and kind of want to apply that to your political campaign? Well, as a matter of fact, I did. Um, when I ran for Congress, we were uh, one of the first congressional campaigns to use digital media. Um, we streamed video that was geo-targeted uh, into certain places in, in the campaign. So, um, you know, I, I've always tried to use technology to, to the benefit of business, to the benefit of my community. Nice. Yeah, that's, it's funny you say that because um, that's kind of my background is more digital media, television, marketing, production. And uh, I got into this space just because I saw the potential of, you know, using this technology, these tools to, you know, help reach millions of people. Um, and obviously in the, you know, the past couple elections, digital technology, social media has played a huge role. So that's interesting to hear kind of how you adapted that and applied that to your, your campaign. Um, how did you go from sort of the tech and politics into solar? Well, I, I really feel like I do the same thing. I just do it with different technologies. So I'm a technology marketer, so you know, understanding what people want. My interest in solar was an old interest. I had an interest in solar in high school, and I find that pretty much anybody that studies solar, um, a world where you have free, clean, abundant energy, they all come away with similar conclusions, but the problem is most people haven't studied it. They don't really understand the facts. Uh, they don't understand the physics. They don't understand the economics. But solar is going to be very commonplace uh, in your home state of California. California is a different country, uh, but there's quite a lot of solar and you see it very commonly on rooftops. That, that hasn't happened yet in the Southeast. 
but more and more our utilities are embracing solar and it will be a very ubiquitous and very commonplace technology. Yeah, I mean, here in, in California and in San Diego, where um, I'm based, you know, you see it every single day on, you know, on a lot of different buildings, residential, commercial, and I know they passed a law that says any new buildings have to have mm -hmm. solar built into it. So it's exciting to see. Um, and obviously, you know, with the technology getting better, the cost goes down. What, uh, you know, you said you were interested as early as high school. So what trends, you know, are you seeing that's happening now compared to when you kind of first got interested in the subject? Well, over the last 10 years, solar has dropped over 80% in cost. So very similar to personal computers or cell phones or flat panel televisions. It is now becoming cost effective because it's an industry at scale. Um, the biggest news is really around energy storage. Uh, Tesla is going to have battery day very soon and they're gonna talk about some breakthroughs that they've had around battery um, storage capability, the life cycle um, of those batteries, those energy storage devices. And those are gonna become coupled with solar, both at a residential, commercial and utility scale um, very, very rapidly. So solar power with energy storage uh, really is part of our, our future. And it's really happening today. I think that's the key is that it's not the future, it's really you know the now. Yeah, no, it's, it is exciting seeing um, what Tesla is doing. I mean, they're obviously sort of the, the name brand company that's doing a lot of big things, but even also just on Going Green, we've had a chance to talk to so many other entrepreneurs, you know, really ambitious people who are also working in and around that space and just learning kind of the, the things that they're doing. Obviously, electric vehicles is huge, solar is huge, but even all the different technologies that just goes into the infrastructure of, you know, kind of like you said, the, the batteries, the, the charging, the cars, the um, everything involved. It's just fascinating to see. And um, when I first started going green, it was very just, you know, kind of the surface level, but having, getting the opportunity to talk to people like you, like other, you know, CEOs of companies on the show, it's, it's really exciting to see um, just the, the technology and the really smart, ambitious, entrepreneurs, people who are doing exciting things. And it's like you said, it's happening today. It's really cool. Um, where do you kind of see, you know, the industry in the next five to 10 years? Well, I, I like to think in terms of the entire ecosystem. So all this stuff actually fits together in Tesla's vision of an electric vehicle, solar energy storage on your home. That's a simple example of it. But that as these technologies start to connect and work together, um, they become more cost effective, more people can utilize them, they make them at scale. So very similar to flat panel televisions. They used to be very expensive and, and now you basically just don't even want a flat panel television in a room if you don't choose to have it because they're very high quality, they're very reliable and they're very low cost. So we see technologies going through that cost curve and that paradigm. Um, in the near future, I, I think this, this really gets to the next stage and it becomes ubiquitous and commonplace. It's just routine. It's not something that you think, well, can we afford to put solar on this project or what do we want to do energy storage? It just becomes standard. Yeah, it's exciting to see. You know, I like the metaphor of the flat, you know, the flat screen TVs because I remember, you know, having huge, you know, 100 pound televisions and now, you know, the the 4K HD TVs are, you know, pretty much everyone has them. And not only, you know, again, going back to kind of how the whole infrastructure takes place when 
TVs got better, it meant cameras got better and the way people watch mm -hmm. them and all those things. So there's, it really does affect, you know, kind of the whole um, supply chain involved in when it comes to solar and, and batteries and electric vehicles, that's a massive supply chain and massive, you know, massive industries that are really being disrupted. So it's exciting to see. Um, tell us a little bit about Clean Energy Advisors and how that got started and what you're working on. Well, I work with people to solve problems. So as people um, look at policy barriers in Georgia, I've done some work with our solar industry to help them better focus their energies around public policy. Um, I helped a group that had a solar monitoring project. So it was a software as a service, internet of things project, and I helped them advance that work a little bit. Um, I've worked um, in the very beginning stages of a, of a very large company's headquarters about how do they incorporate solar on their headquarters, how do they incorporate electric vehicles, electric vans, electric buses. So, you know, kind of looking at a problem people want to solve and then bringing together a team to help solve those problems is something that I, I really enjoy doing and, and find a lot of value in doing it. Yeah, that's great. So out of curiosity, just from your personal opinion, um, do you think the people in politics have the ability to kind of make changes quicker or private businesses and entrepreneurs when it comes to clean tech and sustainability? Well, it requires both. The innovation is coming from research and development places like Georgia Tech, where I do a lot of work, um, Stanford and you know, many at Berkeley, other places in California are just doing tremendous things, Caltech. Um, but the key um, is to get policy barriers out of the way. I mean, in Georgia, there are caps on the size of systems you can install. There are things that um, prohibit you from using solar and those policy barriers need to be addressed and removed. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, in terms of you know your experience in politics, do you think those barriers are getting removed or um, are, do you see sort of struggles making that happen? Like what's kind of your thoughts on that? Well, they are getting better, and I'm very happy to have been part of that. I've, I work with our utilities. Um, I'm, I'm very pro-utility, but we're experiencing the death of the industrial age. So you see incumbent business models like monopoly utilities that are threatened. Uh, the oil business is a good example of that. As we move into electric transportation, these oil companies are going to fight policy changes. They're going to try to protect their incumbent businesses and you know, where the leaders like Royal Dutch Shell, they're, they're becoming an energy company, not just an oil company. And that's really the lesson of business history is that you have to be clear on what your business is. The railroad people, uh, railroad men, thought they were in the railroad business. If they had only understood they were in the transportation business, they would be the most important companies in the world. They would own the airlines, they would own the trucking companies, they would own the shipping companies. And now railroads are not, not really that important in the scape of the corporate world. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, you definitely do have to, you know, as a business adapt and, um, you know, kind of overcome. And the reason I asked that is because obviously, you know, the oil industry is massive and has deep pockets to kind of back, you know, their goals of what they'd like to do and, you know, work closely with, um, with politicians to kind of make those laws happen. So it is good to hear that things are getting better. Um, what's your kind of day-to-day -day like as the CEO and founder of Clean Energy Advisors? Well, I work on a number of consulting projects simultaneously. 
So uh, my days are fairly hectic. I, I talk to a lot of different people, um, you know, and try to gather information to try to help them determine what strategy, uh, what goals, what tactics, and then how can we quickly work to accelerate what they're doing. I, I think a lot of what I do is acceleration. So how do we make things happen more quickly? Um, and that's not always easy. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. And, and I love just, you know, the, um, the hustle that comes with, you know, being the CEO of a company and a founder of a company and the, the entrepreneur lifestyle. I do think it's fascinating how you have sort of the, the background in both tech companies, you know, huge companies, politics and the, the sort of entrepreneur life as well. And working with, um, with some really fascinating people and companies, um, what's kind of one piece of advice that, you know, you can give to just the average person who they might not work for Yahoo, they might not run for Congress, they might not start up a company, but they do just want to live a little bit more environmentally friendly. Um, what's kind of a step in the right direction that they could take? Well, I, I would recommend they start with conservation. So uh, my grandfather was a dirt farmer and he didn't waste things. You know, I can remember him building things and we'd, we'd take something apart and he would take the nails out and hammer the nails and put them in a jar and use them in the future. So I think if we could just waste less and be a little bit more thoughtful about our consumption first, and then obviously taking advantage of recycling where we can, but if we could just conserve a little bit more, be a little bit thoughtful about our resources, um, that, 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 that's a really good starting point because conservation to me is worth 10 times what recycling is worth. So if we think about unplugging devices when we're not using them, think about not wasting water, uh, just being a little bit more thoughtful about resources and resource management would be the one thing I might stress. Yeah, no, that's good advice because, you know, we, we often talk about, um, you know, recycling and if you kind of fix the problem where it starts versus reacting to that problem, it does, it does make a big difference. Um, James, if, if people want to, you know, reach out to you and get in touch and, you know, follow your journey and support you, what's a good way for, for listeners to do that? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. I find that's a very good tool for connecting with people. That's how you and I were able to meet. And, you know, I, I welcome that type of interaction. Um, my email is really pretty simple. It's just James, middle initial B, Marlowe, M-A-R-L-O-W at Gmail. Uh, but LinkedIn's really easy. So that might be the easiest way. Awesome. Well, James, thanks so much for taking time out of your day. Really appreciate it. It's it's really fascinating to kind of hear your, uh, your career path and all the, the really exciting things you've done. Um, so thanks for, you know, again, taking some time out of your day to, to chat. Let us, you know, pick your brain, learn a little bit more. And um, it's exciting to hear what you're doing and um, appreciate, you know, the, the advice that you're giving the listeners as well. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm very impressed with your, your company and your organization. Seems like you've got a really great team. And, and I think that's really what it's all about, having really passionate, smart people that are willing to do the work. And um, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I hope I get to, to interact with you again. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, that's really what it is, you know, for going green and, you know, your company as well, just people who have, you know, sort of a why, you know, gets them out of bed every morning and work on something that's a little bit bigger than themselves. Um, and, you know, kind of also noticing the trends in terms of, of business, of energy, of infrastructure, and, you know, ideally, hopefully being on, you know, the forefront and supporting those, those policies and those things happening. So it's exciting. And yeah, you know, we'll, 
Um, I always like to say, you know, we'd love to have you on again in the future and just kind of learn about, you know, what else you're working on and the changes that have taken place. So let's stay in touch. Hopefully um, when things clear up a little bit, you know, if you ever come out to San Diego, we can grab a coffee or a beer or same vice versa next time I'm uh, over in Atlanta. So thanks. Yeah. I'd like that very much. I'd like that very much. Great to talk with you today. Yeah. Thank you. And as always, thank you to everyone who tuned into this episode of Going Green. Um, our goal is to just talk to leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners in the clean tech sustainability space, learn about what they're doing, and uh, just apply you with some, some helpful information to point you in the right direction when it comes to living a little bit more of a sustainable, uh, clean life. So thank you, as always, for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of Going Green. 